1: Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. always follow the money. That's what I always say, you always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on vSEN.com.
3: Here we go. Welcome in to Follow the Money on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Big show lined up over the next three hours in a half an hour from right now. Nigel Seeley is going to join the program. Paulie, it is uh, Wimbledon season coming up um, beyond this weekend, and he'll give us his best bets on the men's and the women's side. And uh, we'll do a lot of NFL today and plenty of NBA free agency as it begins Today, at 6 o'clock Eastern, which I prefer, I always thought it was funny when they would do it at like at 9, uh, 9 o'clock Pacific yes, time, or yes. midnight, on the, and 12.01, like Timothy yeah. Mosgov signs for $65 million. They're like, well, that, that didn't take very long. Um, but the latest news now goes back to last night and James Harden opting in to a one-year, $35-plus five plus contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. And as soon as that happened, the entire NBA world was buzzing. Well, they didn't give them an extension they're not going to keep him. He's going to want to trade. And where does he go? Two teams popped up immediately. The Knicks, which, forget about it, I would hate the idea of the Knicks making a move for him at this point. Mm-hmm. And the move that seems most plausible at this point, I think, of the game would be for him to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. That's yep. the way it sounds like they, they could do that and they could have a, you know, a starting five that consists of Russell Westbrook if they want to bring him back, James Harden, Paul, George, Kawhi Leonard. There you go.
4: I didn't see this coming, man, and good for these teams that are saying no Harden, no Kyrie, and there's no marketplace for him. I can't believe he opted in, and he has played his last game as a sixer likely, and say what you want about the league. It is interesting, and they control it. There's, they're always in the news for at least 10 months out of the year, and this, this, this opens the door for a lot of things. You're right. Does he go to the Clippers? Maybe, and the Clippers are desperate. Because they are so frustrated, and Balmer and everyone with that organization of, we gave all this up, and you guys are never healthy. So we can never realize the potential, and we only have one trip to the conference finals. And and this could help out with, okay, if Kawhi or George get hurt, at least we have Harden. But then, does Lillard wind up at Philly? You know, because you're going to be, Embiid might look around and say, my God, I have Maxi and Tucker. That could happen. No, no way. And I might just say this is it. And there's a lot of pressure on Maury, too. Uh, what could happen? Does this also open the door for Embiid to the Knicks? Does Embiid decide to leave? But also, could Embiid stay and could this get Lillard to Philly? And I think the fans would love Lillard in Philly. Oh,
3: he would be a, a rock star Oh, absolutely. Totally
4: agree. Yeah. And they would have the best offer on the table, as far as I'm concerned, which would be Maxi. Picks and expiring contracts, and I think if I'm Portland, I would have to to think about that long and hard. Other than that package that Miami could offer, but well, I would. But, but this is this this could lead to all sorts of things now.
3: Immediately, as soon as you said Tyrese Maxey's name would be in that deal, that trumps any package that the Heat could put together or yeah. any package that the Nets could put together for Damian Lillard. Tyrese Maxey is a, he's a star in this league, as far as I'm concerned. He is awesome. Yeah. And in fact, I would hate the Sixers to say adios to him. But if they're going to bring in a guy like Damian Lillard, they're probably going to have to involve Maxie in some sort of a return. Uh, Maxie's really, really good. And Portland, I think, would be smart to explore a deal like that if they could actually come, and then they maybe would come out smelling like roses. Yeah. But then that would also do, you know, that puts up the power rating for the Philadelphia 76ers, even a step higher, because Lillard is pretty much as good as it gets in this league and to team him with Embiid, and then you're also saying to Embiid, we can't take the chance of you bolting after next year, Mm -hmm. because there are already rumors and speculation about that happening, which I could buy into. This is what Sam Amick wrote about James Harden in The Athletic. Harden wants to play for the Clippers, and the Sixers are already in the process of discussing his desired move. Harden is, according to sources, extremely upset at the way in which the Sixers handled the possible free agency and has made his uh, dissatisfaction clear to the
4: organization. Well, they fired Doc Rivers because he didn't like him. Uh, and then, but the Sixers said, we're not going to sign you long term. There's not a future for you here long term. Right. So he got all hot and bothered and said, okay, well, that's it then. Does Maury th- finally, this was, because Maury has built his whole career around this guy. 100%. And he goes, that's it. Yeah, he's got t-shirts off him that he wears. But he, <laughs> Harden, Harden has three trade work requests since 2020. That's as, as many as series wins, playoff series wins. It's three and three. Harden, Durant, and Kyrie have seven trade requests in the last two years. And I know Brian Winhorst talked about a little bit today on his podcast about maybe if he had to do it all over again, they would have decided to run it, run it up play it out. What happened in Brooklyn? Cause they also, the last two cost themselves a lot of money in the process. Cause you're seeing there's not a market for Kyrie either. It could be maybe, hopefully Philly doesn't get Kyrie. Uh, but, that's one scenario that was floated as well. But the door's open for the Knicks. We'll see what happens with Embiid. Uh, I agree with you that the Knicks and Harden would be a bad fit. And we'll see if, if, if Harden winds up with the Clippers, which uh, could happen. I wouldn't I wouldn't give up man, though, in a, in a package, though, either. No. I mean, I, that's maybe Powell and some other guys, too. So that's... there remains to be seen how it's going to play out. But the other thing, it appears the Rockets are all in on Van Vliet, which why Harden didn't have the Houston option either. Would Harden, to the Clippers do anything for you in terms of making a bet? That's intriguing, though. I think it helps them out. I mean, who's to say that they, completely healthy, weren't going to beat Phoenix? They were giving them fits before Kawhi got hurt. Yeah. They could have won that series, and then who knows, fully healthy against Denver. Well, but that, if you throw Harden on that team, it's, that's a pretty good team if healthy. That's, also, that's also the biggest
3: question that you're, you're going to have moving forward anyway mm-hmm. with this team. Yeah. Is that, you know, it seems like, well, Kawhi's always hurt. And the fact that Kawhi and Paul George rarely have ever played together anyway. So you don't know how many games you're going to get out of those two. And also, like James Harden, he's had a great career. I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now throughout like some of the years that he had in Houston. He was ridiculous. But James Harden is a guy who is also, he's been on really good regular season teams. And he's, I think, last season against the Celtics summed up who he is in that playoff series. Right, Game one comes out, gangbusters, awesome. And they surprise and shock the world. And he wins that, they win that game and he scored 40. Then he had another 40-point game in the series. And for the rest of it, he like threw up duds. And when it matters most, like in Game 6, where were you, man? That, that's been the M.O. of your entire career.
4: Yeah. And he's going to be, what, 34 years old? And Game 7, where were you? Ugh. That's right. Com- just, complicated I, legacy, no doubt. Regular season player, fantastic. But yeah. nothing in the playoffs could never count on him and always disappeared. Yep.
3: Right. Um, also news late last night, the Kings, I'm scratching my head at this deal. They gave an extension to Harrison Barnes, three years, $54 million. And as Fran Fraschilla quote tweeted early this morning, he said, I say this all the time to young players. What do you call a role player in the NBA? A multi-millionaire." Barnes is now well, think about this for a second. Barnes is now well over $200 million in career earnings. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. I just think that the Kings probably could have done better by tying up yeah. $18 million, Or You know. I don't, year like on him.
4: Yeah, I don't like the move. Yeah, I don't uh, All the money he made in Dallas, too, as well. And then what, what do you have with the Lakers? I mean, can the Lakers get Brown here? Or does Brown stay put and pull like a Portis and decide, uh, I'll get paid the next year and I'll suck it up? I know Malone's been recruiting him hard to stay. And then can the Lakers get a Lopez or somebody like that? I mean, this might be, this also might blow up. This is why this is so intriguing. The, the, the Bucks could, they could this would be a disaster for the Bucs, too. That Lopez could leave and other guys. I, I don't know what Middleton does, but between Milwaukee, what's going on in Philly, the door is wide open for the Knicks if they can get a, a star to join them. And now we're going to see a lot of movement here in the East. I'm sorry, but if Lopez goes somewhere else,
3: that window may have closed for the Bucs. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, he, was what, not, yep. he was not just like in the running for defensive player of the year last year. The dude offers, he's a serious threat on the offensive side of the court as well. He's really good offensively. He's a key cog for this team. And if they lose him, that's like chopping off a leg to the Bucs, in my opinion. And that takes a serious hit to their overall power rating. Guy's awesome. And I don't know how you can... He's also been there for a long time and knows how to play with all those guys. I I don't know how you replace that guy. I think that's going to be a major loss. And in doing so for the Lakers, they parted ways with Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley, and so that freed up basically $12.4 uh, million in a mid-level to go after guys like Brown and Lopez like you talked about. So uh, the Lopez addition to the Lakers, if that were to happen, they, I mean, they think
4: about the size
3: for the Lakers next year. Wow, a great fit. I think that would Absolutely. be a, ma- a massive haul if the Lakers could somehow pull this off and get him.
4: Yeah, they should get somebody. I mean, they go to the conference finals and you have LeBron and AD, so uh, you know they're close. And they could probably say we should be the team to beat if we if we get a couple pieces here and Brown maybe it's Brown if we steal Brown from Denver, uh, they have to love their chances to win the West. Yeah.
3: Anything else stand out to you about what could happen today? The Lillard stuff would be so juicy.
4: It would. But the problem is it's going to take a while because Morry's going to take his sweet time with this. But uh, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, the market drew uh, uh, the market disappeared. No market for Harden. And I, I can't believe the Sixers, specifically Maury, said, we don't see a fit for you here long-term. Yep. So what could happen? But it, it really, it, it's fascinating because it opens the door for a lot of different things could happen. Now, in the ideal scenario, it would be either MB to the Knicks, which is a long shot, or if, if Lillard could wind up in Philadelphia. And I'd like to see Harden on the Clippers. I mean, so that's a that's a dangerous team with the big if-when-healthy. I mean, uh, so if Harden's your third option, that's, that's pretty good. I think that'd be a
3: blast to watch yeah. when they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, it's, I'm not going to be running to my app to make a bet on the, on the Clippers to win the West next year. I just I couldn't do it. They're, they're too unreliable, and I, I don't yeah. know if they're going to be yeah. healthy or not. I and mean, then
4: if you put Lopez on the Lakers, or, or you get Brown on the Lakers, and it hurts Denver, I mean, a lot's going to happen here in the next couple of days with free agency starting today, and we'll see what type of moves make uh, the moves are made and other stuff that happens around the league, because this is, certainly Minnesota should make a trade too, and where, where yep. a cat could wind up. So. Did we even mention Kyrie's name? This apparently no one wants him, which that's another scenario. What if he leaves Dallas after all of this? That could happen. No, absolutely, they might get nothing for him, and Kyrie just walks.
3: Otani did it again last night. You're up a boatload this month by betting on him. Paulie will tell you all of the staggering numbers coming up next in Win Some, Lose Some.
4: last night wow winning or was it a rough one well they can't all be winners can they
1: loser you're a loser molly howard recaps the night in sports betting in win some lose some
4: all right how about this we start rocket mortgage open peter quest was 180 to one to be the first round leader he had made three cuts on the tour and he eight under also with taylor moore who was 70 80 to one in that range first round leader And you had a great uh, sweat, which you'll get to coming up. Otani does it again, plus 280 to hit a home run. If you bet $100 in the month of June every game for Otani to hit a home run, you're up 4,500 because he has 14 home runs in 26 games. My God. He might fly by 50 this year. That's possible. And now you see DraftKings and other places have the yes no MVP market up. We can have the rest of the field. He's 1,400 in that range. You can have everyone else. What do you make of that number? Yeah, well, he's just, the only thing you have to fade is a is trade. He's untouchable. Yeah. I mean, he just. And we go if he if he does this for another month, then he he, he could still win. The, he's still going to win it even if he's gets he, hurt. Even if he's gets... what if he gets That's, traded? Yeah, maybe that that same scenario, right? Yeah. Crazy. Pirates plus one seventy. We said yesterday, how are you going to lay this with the Padres and Mets? They both lost. They were both $1.90. The Pirates plus 170. Padres get swept. They've lost five in a row now, and it's the Nationals and the Pirates. Mets lose again. Brewers were plus 170. Royals plus 140. Now, bad beat. 2 nothing Indians, uh, Guardians in the eighth, and they blow it. White Sox plus 130 as well. Subscribe, be part of the team. VSIN.com, our radio and podcast friends. Get the NFL betting guide. Be a subscriber. You always want to see these tweets and videos this is here's the feeling good all the time right all these dogs yeah just yeah it's contagious i yawn you yawn he yawns he the puppies right everyone's got it right Uh, what'd you do that for now you got me right one guy yawns and it sets off the whole thing for everybody Uh, also how much money is sitting there too again i talked to this gal who's a breeder at the doggy daycare, I mean, it's just pit bulls. Eh? Twenty-five thousand, getting it nonstop. French bulldogs, thirteen thousand, getting it nonstop. What'd you pay for Jordan? Eagle. He was uh, eighteen hundred. He's eight years old, but yeah, it was eight. Th- how, how
3: that market's exploded. I and mean, I love dogs to death. Twenty-five thousand dollars for a dog.
4: People cannot get enough of French Ther- 13,
3: bulldogs. $15,000 for a dog. I know. Oh, come
4: on. Yeah. It's a nice car right there. Which uh, yeah, I know, but it's it's, it's staggering. You're right. Uh, one lose some I can't believe they got the game in and they played it Dodgers took out the Rockies no problem what was going on in Denver I mean you you saw the highways you couldn't even see the road the rain was so bad rain's one thing but how about the hail in the dugout at Coors it it was look at this that's (laughs) hail in the Rockies dugout and the the gals walking through and she's just laughing I can't believe they got this in and that was before the game and martinez goes deep and the dodgers takes up take him out uh no problem he's doing hail angels on the field yeah look at that i've never seen that before uh, neither have i yeah right man the one bad beat as i mentioned to uh two nothing cleveland in the bottom of the eighth and they blow it how about that division it just i know it makes you want to throw up in your yeah, mouth they lost the standings every day yep twins were off twins just got swept download the DraftKings app today newest customers can bet five dollars get 150 in bonuses instantly use promo code visa when you sign up draftkings.com slash sportsbook full terms and conditions
3: okay very good also another guy that we need to cross our fingers he's going to make another start adam wainwright with the cardinals oh boy he's 41 years old uh, I, I, there's a story on MLB.com that was written after the game last night. He has no answers again. He's like, I'm feeling a ton of different emotions. I don't know what is basically happening right now. Yeah. As he's, I think he's two wins away from 200 career. If I saw that correctly, yeah, he's within two victories, two two more victories of getting that done. So if they keep throwing him out there, it's exactly like Luke Weaver with the Reds. I mean, we rattled off the game log yesterday. It's every single start for Wright. three runs, seven runs, five runs, three runs. It's he's a total gas can, mm-hmm. and it's one reason why the Cardinals cannot turn this around. I mean, you were looking at the numbers yesterday, Paulie, or I'm sorry,
4: for tomorrow. Yeah, they're on pow- DraftKings. Yeah, explain this. Well, their power ratings ridiculous. You saw the prices in this whole series against Houston. One of the games they took money, and it was like a 30 cent yeah. move. They lose two out of three. They're in last place. They're 33 and 47. The Yankees come to town today. Tomorrow, Cole goes. He's an underdog. Say what you want about the Yankees, uh, you know, the, the issues they've had in the offense, but at least they're nine games over 500. I mean, St. Louis is favored in these next two games, or the, or the price is like $1.15. It, it's, it's nuts. Flaherty is minus 130 right
3: now, tomorrow, against Garrett Cole. Yeah. How is that possible? I understand again what you just said. The Yankees yep. struggles with the lineup. I, I'm sorry, that's insane to me. They, there's no way, no how, Jack Flaherty can be favored over Garrett Cole. Maybe they win right. the game. Maybe right. they do, but the price—that's not right. Come on.
4: Or just favored. Yeah. Just. I don't care who they're throwing. Uh, a favored period. But you're you're 14 under. You I, get you get club 14 nothing and 10 seven. In the last couple games. In, and yeah. in, in you're favored against Houston, which it's yeah. nuts.
3: Of course, we were betting Houston in game one of that series with Valdez. That's the, that's the one game right. that they happen to win.
4: Yeah, right. Coming back from London, which should have been a bad spot. And, and certainly you didn't get any help from the Astros in that game. So, you know, it's the same thing, right? You just see the price on the Padres and the price on the Mets every game. I mean, the Mets are 25th in ERA. They're like 27th in quality starts. They can hit. They're 9-under. The Padres have all their issues, and 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 they're favored. To, you know, the Padres are favored again today. Yeah. you know when
3: we did the MLB draft yesterday with Mike Palm, which was a lot of fun. We each took um, four different teams in a snake draft for MLB futures. I was looking at the Mets future number. They're 175 to one to win the World Series. Do you have any desire to put down pizza money on that at all?
4: No, N- nothing. That no. doesn't. I mean, plus the owner's right. When Cohen comes out and says, if this continues, I'm trading people. I mean, I'm it's like I'm selling. I'm I'm selling. I'm not going to be a buyer at the deadline. Which why would you, right? I mean, if you, you have all this money invested in the highest payroll and this is what you're producing, it's, there's no way you're going to add to it and try to improve. Plus, like like we said, this is who you are. You're 10 games out. You're going to have to jump all uh, all these teams in front. Not not happening. No, not happening. I, I was tempted by 175 to
3: one, but I also like thought about it a second time. i was like, hey, why why should I do this? Yeah, they're totally up against it yep. and. By the way, the exact opposite thing happened yesterday for the Padres as it did the day before with Blake Snell because they couldn't get any runs for Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. And once he allowed, he made a, a two run mistake early on, and that was it. They couldn't get him any help offensively, and they lost the game. Well, yesterday, Musgrove is staked to a 4 1 lead, and he's rolling along. And then just all hell breaks loose, loose eventually, and they lose back to back games to the Pirates.
4: Yeah. Did you see Machado? Oh, boy, we gotta get going here. This is kind of embarrassing. But it's halfway through the season. Yeah, it's July is this weekend. Yeah. You're gonna run out of time here, guys. Marlins win again, right? You know the Dodgers are gonna the Dodgers are nine minus nine dollars to make the playoffs. So they Diamondbacks playing good ball. Giants playing good ball. I mean, you just even if you get your act together, you're gonna be able to jump all these teams. Phillies win again. What is that? Nine in a row on the road. I Phillies swept the Cubs. The, the Phillies' numbers—it's not happening, guys. Sorry, you, yeah. you wasted half the season. Too bad. The Phillies'
3: numbers in June this year are staggering, like they were last year. They were, I think, one of the best teams in baseball in June, and that's when they started to make their run. A year ago, I had the numbers here, um, and now this year again, killing it in June yet again. So, back-to-back years now where this team start—they finally—they're—they're they're doing what the Pod Race and the Mets needed to do at the
4: beginning of this month. Yeah. And both right. teams are failing miserably at that. They've won 18 to 23. And awesome on the road. So here they come. And Mike Palm took them number one in our draft. And we'll see where they go uh, next week in the Invitational with the Blackjack. You're right. 25 to one, the way they're playing. Two out. Absolutely. But it's just, you know, where's the sense of urgency here? Where is it? You, you blew half the season. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Why well, we have all this talent? Well, big deal. I mean, this this is why,
3: I mean, when you think about it, Three, the three biggest disappointments maybe in the entire league are all from the National League, right? We're talking about the Cardinals, the Padres, and the Mets. Yep. They have to be the three most disappointing teams in all of baseball. That's why what has opened up here now, if you go back to April, for those people who are betting on different teams to take a shot on division numbers, like the Diamondbacks, uh, that would be one. Because the Padres' power rating, they were right behind the Dodgers, and they, you know, forget about it. And uh, the other team would be the Reds, sorry, excuse me, in the National League Central. And it just, it Mm -hmm. it continues every single day because even when the Cardinals were struggling into May, it's like, well, they're still like two to one to win their division. We can't, we were saying that a month ago. Like, how are they, that number doesn't make They're eight and eight and a half back plus three fifty to win the NL Central. They're awful. Yep. You know, I just.
4: But then you got stories like the Marlins though. That's part of the, this this is great. It's going to be correlated. This is, yeah, this is this is wide open. And certainly you have to respect Atlanta, but, I mean, there's so many, and we'll do the playoff odds coming up, but this is fantastic and it's wide open. And when you tie in the yes-no odds, you have to factor in strength of schedule remaining. And a lot of teams are looking at, like the Mets, that's the other thing. Well, you've got the top five most difficult schedules still left that you have to face. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, Nigel
3: Sealy is going to join the show up next. We'll get some of his best bets for Wimbledon. If I know Nigel like I think I know Nigel, there's no way he likes Joker outright at his price, right? We'll ask him next here on b Great news as vSIN's NFL betting guide came out yesterday to help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles on every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. You can become a VSin Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your newly released NFL betting guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Awesome deal. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. And coming up at the top of the hour, I will tell you about one bet that I wrote about in the v guide. It's to win Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Our good friend Nigel Seeley joins the program now. Usually we have mon talking soccer here, tennis season, uh, July 4th next week here in in the States. And uh, Wimbledon obviously underway every single year around this time. Nigel, good morning, mate. How are you?
5: I'm very well. Good morning to you guys. How are you doing? Doing really, really well. So we can get
3: into this right out of the gates here. I said before the break, if I know you like I think I know you, there's no way you're going to make a case at Djokovic at his current price. Will he win the tournament? Probably. But minus 165? I'm guessing a tad steep for you to get involved.
5: Yeah, definitely not for me. I mean, if you're a serious bettor and you're someone who's betting in four figures or you're you're somebody who... Who has got more money to to risk then obviously djokovic makes some kind of appeal to you at the prices i mean his record here is phenomenal his record in tennis in the last 10 15 years is absolutely phenomenal he's won 23 of these majors which is it's staggering no other uh, tennis player on the men's circuit has ever won more majors than Novak djokovic he could uh, win a career a, a calendar grand slam which is something that hasn't been done for a long long time mm. he's already won the australian open he's already won the french open and now he goes into Wimbledon, which you could say, along with the Australian Open, is his favourite surf, uh, favourite Grand Slam tournament. He's won the last four Wimbledon's. Um, but would I bet him? No, I wouldn't bet him. But if you if you ask me who I think will win it, Novak Djokovic would be high on my, my list of uh, of winners. For me, I think it, when I ever bet tennis and and I and I bet markets like this, I always look for the each way value. So I mean, a lot of Americans have asked me they've never come to the terms of each way value. When, when we started doing this stuff three or four years ago, people was asking me about each way value, didn't understand what that meant. That was basically, you would see at the bottom, um, the odds, there would be a half the odds of the player to win the final. So if someone was 20 to one to win the tournament, you would get 10 to one for that person to make the final. And I think that's the best way to play this this Wimbledon draw. If you can get that each way or that place part or to make the final odds, obviously Djokovic is is. Is the number two seed? He's not number one seed this time around. You got to remember that. Uh, he's in that bottom half of the draw, and you need someone at the top half of the draw who is going to meet him in the final. So, and you'll get a bigger bigger return for your money. So, for example, last year Nick Kyrgios was probably twenty to one to win Wimbledon. He reached the final, played Djokovic, and you would have got ten to one the year before. Berrettini got to the final of Wimbledon, where he got beat again by Djokovic. Uh, I think going into that tournament, uh, Berrettini was about sixteen to one. So you've got eight to one for him to make the final. And those two, if you can get that finalist through, you get a much better price than you do if you eventually bet the winner, because the winner is likely to be Djokovic. And in that bottom half of the draw, so in that top half of the draw where you're looking for the each-way value, you see the second favorite in Carlos Alcaraz. And I know Carlos Alcaraz is the future of men's tennis. And he did win the, the tournament last week in London where I was at, and he played very, very well. But I think at three to one, he's he's far 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 too short in the betting for me to get involved. I mean he's he's got a lot to prove on grass. Grass is a very specialist surface and um I'm not convinced by Alcaraz mm-hmm. despite his fantastic quality but I think at 3 to 1 he's someone I would oppose. So I think from a betting perspective I would look for some really big price guys in that top half of the draw, who I think could go deep in the draw and hopefully get through to the final where they, they take on Djokovic. And then we've got a free bet in the final, but we would have collected because we made the part of re- re- reaching the final.
3: I love that angle. Mm. Uh, any names at this point stick out to you? Well, the draw's just come out. Yeah, and, I know. That's uh, why it's, through it.
5: it's just This is the first time since 20, 2003 where in, uh, Nadal, Djokovic, or Federer hasn't been the number one seed at Wimbledon. It's so the first time in 20 years that, no, that someone outside them three and we may see a change in the guard. The other thing I probably wouldn't rush to take on Djokovic is that I know he's playing brilliant tennis, but he's 36 years of age and, you know, he's just come back. For, he's just won the French Open. He hasn't played since Paris. So that is a big, big ask for him to do that at this age and not play. He's the best player. I believe that the best tennis competitor and the best player, not the most entertaining, but the best player we see is his commitment to winning and his, his physique and his mentality is better than anybody. So there is pluses and minuses to bet Djokovic. So in the top half of the draw, I mean we're looking at we're looking at a section there. So we we've got the quarter where we've got Alcaraz in the quarter. Alcaraz w- looks likely to play Holger Rune uh, in the quarterfinals. the The Danish kid, another young kid coming through. But Holger Rune is is a player that I just cannot have on grass. So I don't, I don't think Holger Rune will re- reach the quarterfinals. And I think potentially the quarterfinal opponent, I think the Americans will do well here at the Wimbledon. I think the American men will do okay. well. And there's a few American men I like. I think uh, Francis TFO uh, could could give Alcaraz all kinds of problems if they met in the quarterfinal. Francis TFO came to Queen's Club and didn't play very well because he was absolutely exhausted because he won the the grass court tournament yep. the week before. So forget his form at uh, Queen's Club. TFO at a big price to get to the final. Be someone I'm looking at. I'm looking at alternatives to Alcaraz, T.F.O. I think Sebastian Corda. I've been very vocal about Sebastian Corda's chances on 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 Twitter and social media. I think Sebastian Corda mm. technically is in the top three or four players currently in the world. I think he's he's that good. He's had a long layoff from injury. He played Alcaraz in the semi-finals at Queens Club on grass. He lost, but tactically, Corda was terrible that day. He didn't. He tried to compete with Alcaraz from the back of the court. He tried to outbattle him. You're never going to do that. You have to come to the net. You have to play grass court tennis. I think if they met at Wimbledon, they will have a different tactic. I think he's got a great chance to to progress deep. I think if you're looking for someone in that bottom of uh, that top half of the draw, he's another one. And I think another American who's very very disrespectful in the prices is Tommy Paul. Um, I saw odds of four hundred to one, Tommy Paul. Uh, he's into the semi-finals of the grass court event here in Eastbourne. He's been given a very, very favourable section through to the quarterfinals, because the three, the main seeds here in this draw in the top half, other than Alcaraz, are Holger Rune, who I just cannot have mm-hmm. on grass, Daniel Medvedev, the number three seed, who has been on st- stated publicly his dislike for playing on grass. The ball doesn't bounce so he likes. He likes the ball to bounce differently. He doesn't like it. And Stefanos Tsitsipas, the number five seed, who at the moment is playing some of his worst tennis of his his career. So all four of those seeds, I feel, are vulnerable. And I think you could look for the obvious one, Alcrest, but at three to one, I think you've got a lot of question marks around him. And I think at big, big prices, the American trio of France's TFO around about 80 to one. uh, Tommy Paul, 400 to one. And quarter at around about thirty-three to one could give you someone who's going to go deep. And if you can get the quarterfinals or the semifinals, then you're in a great position to hedge. Now, I, I'm the I don't really like hedging positions, right. as I said before. But if I've got a four hundred to one shot who who is into the quarterfinals and he's one match away from cashing a two hundred to one ticket, I'm hedging that play. Um, I wouldn't do it in the final because I've got a mm. free bet, but. If that kind of, so if you can get someone deep you've got a great chance to to make the market so I think in that top half those Americans really do make great, appeal great at, at, at big prices
4: only two minutes left what do you see with the women and also does it seem like we're on a, a crazy run here where you're seeing unseated p- players make it to
5: the finals or the semis well the women's draw is much more competitive than the men's but there's a big question mark about I fiyontek the pole, the number one clearly the best player in the world but on grass she isn't that she isn't she's She's beatable. She's just pulled out of a tournament. She's got through to the semi finals this morning and she's pulled out today. Now, whether that's an injury concern or I don't know, but that is a big worry if you're taking the, the $3 on Triontech. The draw that she's been given, though, she couldn't have been given a better draw. She's got a fantastic draw. The bottom half of the draw is loaded with quality players. I've already bet Petra Kvitova at 50 to 1. When I saw her play in Miami, I thought she looked good for Wimbledon, but she's been given a hard draw today. In the top half of the draw, Corey Goff has uh, got an easy draw, but she's just got beat by Madison Keys, mm-hmm. which is not great. Kazakina, the, the Russian, is playing exceptionally good tennis. But at a big price, a real big price, I'm going to give you a bit of interest, at 100 to 1, I'm going to go for Ludmila Samsonova uh, in the top of the draw, in the number 15 seed. She's around about 100 to 1. Mm-hmm. The second section of the draw looks the weakest of the whole of the, of, the, of the women's draw. Shrontek is vulnerable. She could bow out early. And I think uh, at a massive price, Samsonova, Big server, very, very capable on grass. At 101, I think she can get to the quarterfinals and give you a good run. All
3: right. That was awesome knowledge, man. Thanks for dropping it here today on the show. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Sealy underscore Nigel. Let me guess, you're going to be on a yacht this weekend with Guy Ritchie hanging out, and then you're going go to go to Wimbledon last, That was la-
5: that was That was <laughs> last weekend. Oh,
3: silly me. Yeah. Are,
5: are you going to <laughs> Wimbledon? It was my birthday. I was 50. I'm 50. It was my 50th birthday party tonight. It's tonight, uh, my big uh, party yeah. tonight. And in, and in Monday, I'm going to Wimbledon oh man i missed that actually well happy birthday pal are you taking it Thank easy very much. no worries yeah we've got <laughs> a party tonight and then uh, a, a bit. i'm out i'm out i'm going to see a concert tomorrow and then monday busy two weeks on the uh, at wimbledon all right pal well enjoy it thanks for the time thanks very much guys yeah there
3: you
4: go nice get ready month away from uh, soccer we're gonna need you he is uh
3: 50 going on 22 yeah as a mic well, 46 going
4: on 16. So. I saw the tweets. He was getting after yeah. the videos. and Surprise, saying, surprise. Huh? Yep, yep. Right, it
3: did not cash, but this sport delivers as many sweats as any other sport. I'll tell you what it is coming up here on v
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
2: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
4: This is Follow the Money on vSEN.
3: Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on vSEN, the sports betting network. Uh, earlier this week, it was Wednesday, in fact, when we had our friend on uh, Indy, Jeff Seely, and we were going over the card this week at the Rocket Mortgage and uh, that same day, we did pizzeria bets here, and I, I gave you a rundown of a bunch of uh, first round leader bets that I was going to make for the tournament, sure. ba- based on you know certain numbers that these guys you know form that kind of deal. Uh, two of the guys that I bet for the first round leader on that show that day, Dylan Wu and Justin Sa. Well, if you watched any of the golf tournament yesterday, man, they were huge prices too. Sa was like eighty to one. Dylan Wu was between ninety and one hundred and twenty five to one. Was out there. Uh, Neither one of those cashed and look I mean we've talked a lot of NFL this week Paul the guide came out yesterday there's nothing I like more than once the football season gets here I love I personally love going to a sports book or to like a spot that has tons of TVs for all the games there's nothing I like more than Sundays in the NFL betting it the fantasy all the props you know whatever contests you can do and there's nothing better than that to me I think golf is quickly turning into my second favorite sport to bet Because the top 10, 20, 40 placement bets, the outrights, the matchups, and then the first-round leader stuff is just Dylan Wu was six under. He had an albatross. He did. He had a two on a par five. Which is, it's more rare than a hole-in-one. And so he's six under through eight, while the leader in the clubhouse at the time was eight under. So you're like, oh my God, he's cruising along. He might, he might touch 10, who knows,
4: maybe 11 under here. Well, then you thought it was over, right? I mean, some, because you're like, okay, well, eight under. That's, but, but the guys, they were so sporadic with the tea times. Yes. Where All guys over. were going, right, and he went late. So uh, before you get to what, what happens, though, the other thing is how frustrating this is. I mean, you have Jeff Seeley on, you have Matt Eumanns on, Wes West Reynolds um, uh, with com, and he'll write yeah. his articles. By the time you look at it, especially if it's a major, you get, like, between top 20s or something. What, am I going to make 100 bets? Well, you can't do that. Yet. I mean, I know. It's, it's so much. and it's. But I, I got frustrated because I'm like, did I tail Mitch on this? And I look, and I got, I have to win it all, and then I have top 20s and top 10s on the guy. But I didn't have first-round leader. So I'm like, oh, Christ, I can't even. Right? <laughs> well, so I'm looking. He's 6-under. And then the, the suck kid, I had a piece of him, too. But I had Ricky Hatton, um, Fowler. Uh, Ricky Fowler, uh, first-round leader. So it's like... Well, Unbelievable. But what this yeah. turned out to be and how close, because you're talking. I mean, look at this. This I never heard of Peter Quest. No, 180 ever. to 1. More 70 to 1. These are huge payouts. And these guys, it's a regular occurrence, but it's, you know, can you get the right guy here? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I did not have either of the guys at the very top.
3: Like you said, I mean, the, the one golfer was, a, Quest was 180 to 1 to be the first round leader. Sure. I mean, Who would I, have that? He I, made I, three times. Right. He had to qualify on Monday. Come on. To get in. And then he carries that over to this momentum on on Thursday's opening day of the Rocket Mortgage and shoots that low round. But saw then just, he, he, I'm sorry, Woo, he had so many chances on the back nine and then it's like he gave one back and then he's back to seven under and he's got plenty of time left. Can he get to eight? Can he maybe get to nine? And it never, so both guys were lingering the entire afternoon at huge prices to be the first round leader. We have to be salivating
4: because it's, to be, oh. he's six under on, that's not Aaron Hills. This is a Mickey Mouse course. Well, you think you'd have no problems carving this money already, Paul. Yeah, I'm sure. I, 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 I don't mean, blame you. It's like you can't get to eight under at
3: least. Yeah. So that that kind of uh, stung a little bit. But that's the point is here <laughs> that uh, I've said this for two years probably. It's maybe, no, actually going back to the pandemic, it's, it's March Madness. These numbers that come in, the first round leader bets the outright so often. And then just the ways to bet the stuff. And you can, the, if you watched the tournament yesterday, and I get it, it's the rocket mortgage. It's in Detroit. It's not a major. People are working. You're not going to sit down and watch seven hours of, of golf tournament. But if you're hours or if you're retired or whatever, or if you're a pro better and you were watching that thing and you had either one of those guys, it's just an incredible sweat the entire time. Because the way it started, by the way, yeah. with uh, some of those golfers getting out to seven, eight under right away, I'm like, I have no chance to cash these tickets. Yeah. And, then, and then I looked down, and I'm like, he's six hundred under through 9, and he had an albatross. I'm like, oh my god, this is live, and it's real. Sure was. The way that course was playing out I saw, saw and woo, yeah, right. I think, I think Tony Finau might have been onto something, by the way, on uh, this week with the press conference. He said it, uh, it might take 30-under to win this thing, uh-huh. which I'm not a fan of. I don't like that, but regardless, uh, crazy, man. If you're not betting golf, I implore you to start getting into the sport. It's every single week. It's incredible. Uh, I love it, if you can't tell. So, and uh, uh, who, like, who, who to maybe add anybody today live, I have no idea, because there's 20 guys that are close to the top. So look at Morikawa, look at Fowler, look at where they're at.
4: Mm-hmm. But we've had several bookmakers say the pandemic changed everything, and now the handle's fantastic, because, you know, golf... One of the first sports to come back, and then he didn't... Sure. I mean, what are you going to do, Russian ping-pong? Please, get out of here. Right. About what was... Did that along with MMA, but uh, this, this is... Yeah, the top... The markets and the creativity and what is offered is incredible. Everyone just said, so okay, to win and then the matchup. Well, now top 10, top 20, first-round leader, all of it. Bingo. It's crazy.
3: I, I totally forgot the match was also last night, and Curry and Clay Thompson
4: were... Did not, did not go well. They were like a large favorite. Yes. And the Mahomes, like 3 to 1, got off to a good start, never looked back. Yeah. How about that? Surprising. Uh, but, you know, as many people say, when in doubt, you just take that big price anytime something like this happens. And uh, it's hard to disagree and hard to argue when you look at that. Well, sure. I mean, it's a goofy event, right? Yeah. Because it's a it's a gimmicky event. And
3: then, really, it's odds makers. What do they, I mean, how do you make a price on it? Look at this. Patrick Everson tweeted about this. Four up through seven holes. At that time, Mahomes and
4: Kelsey were minus 3,500. Right. Curry okay. and Thompson almost came back, but that was, you, you could almost grab 10 to one. Yeah. To come but, all the way back. But I think that's, it, it, on events like that, I
3: think that's why you actually do go with the dog because they're spitballing at the number, right? How do you make a number on mm-hmm. two basketball players playing around a round of golf against two football players? Oh, you've seen Curry in his history of golf, so you've got to make them the favorite. Well, you could have it off night. And then wammo plus
4: $3 cashes. No hype, though. They made a mistake. you got to get a pro involved, though. I mean, you have to have— I totally it was, forgot it was even being played. Yeah, that, that was a bad job. I mean, you have to do it where at least some, someone's got to be up for it and skip a, skip a tournament or go grab a live guy or something. Sure. What, what could have been done. Sure. Yeah. So, um,
3: did you—by the way, I know we're going to do this a little bit later on in the show, uh, a full breakdown of the yes-no playoff numbers— but when you looked at all the latest numbers in Major League Baseball, did anything stand out to you?
4: Uh, I didn't, there wasn't, no. Nothing that you wanted to I like. I want to take the Dodgers to win the division. Uh, that was one. But for the yes-no with the playoffs, it was, because you don't, you don't know. Because all these teams are all bunched up. You know, the Phillies are now minus 145. Miami's now minus 170. I'm still not buying in. You think at some point, with their tough schedule... It's going to happen, and they're going to fall off. But uh, there wasn't anything from a plus price, because I still don't know what's going to happen in the AL Central. And Cleveland's plus 135 to make it. Well, we know the Twins are average or below average, but you know does Cleveland trade Bieber, and and they're under 500 too. Sure. So uh, I think you might see we get a little bit carried away, though. So Arizona's now minus 230. Giants now minus 215. I think it's too tough, but you also have to look at the remaining schedules, and then... The big thing is the unknown. What's going to happen at the deadline? Who's going to make moves? Who's going to stand pat? Who's going to sell? I don't know. That's hard. I'm looking at the standings right now in the
3: American League Central. I mean, I have, right now there's a tie at the top. Minnesota and Cleveland. They are each playing 488 ball. Which, I mean, that tells you all you need to know. Both, both teams are two games below 500. Right, good C- luck. Could the Tigers possibly pull this division off? The white. Think about this. The Tigers are ten games below 500. They're four back, mm-hmm. and the White Sox are eleven games below 500. They're four and a half back. Yep. And the Tigers right now, four back, are 28 to one to win that division.
4: Total embarrassment. Red Sox last place still would be in first place in that division. No, but to, the only thing I saw would be I, I want to take the Dodgers to win the division because of I think they're going to get hot. They're going to I know they're going to make moves and improve the team at the deadline and then the schedule. Seventh easiest remaining schedule. Nine left against Colorado, six against Oakland and Kansas City. Yep. And I, I trust the offense, right? And it, the Diamondbacks are a great story, but I just think now with over 160, when we get 160 games played, that it's going to be the Dodgers and, um, and maybe the Giants will lose some games when they fall off. Too. And Corbin uh, Carroll got hurt last night. Yeah.
3: So I don't know how severe that is. Um, one other thing on that note, because he's second to win the MVP in the National League. Any other year, J.D. Martinez might have a case to win the NL MVP. Look at his numbers, folks. Yeah. He is putting up... I mean, he had another home run last night. I think he's got, what, 19 on the year? His numbers just jump off the page like, wait a second, J.D. Martinez is having that kind of season? He's like in the 3-1 to range every day They hit a home run in certain books. That tells you all you need. I mean, if it wasn't for Acuna running away with it, I'd like to make a case for... This guy, mm-hmm. but I, I I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Veasan's Follow the Money on the DraftKings Network. There's plenty more coming up today, including Gojo, Dan Lombard, and Ross Tucker. Follow the Money has two more hours here coming up on v-sin And up next, I will tell you about one of the bets that I made in the NFL this year for Offensive Player of the Year.